0: Hello and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Iowa City Mayor Bruce Teague. Our community is examining our systems in light of the Black Lives Matter movement, looking to remove barriers and improve equity for all residents. While these efforts are ramped up right now, the work to improve the opportunities for people of color have been in motion for years. I'm pleased to be joined by Oroville and Billy Townsend today, 2 longtime Iowa City residents and organizers in our community. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Well, thanks for having Thank us.
0: Yes. Busy times here the past few weeks with COVID-19 and Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Yes, yes. So can you tell us how long have you been in Iowa City?
2: Well, I came to Iowa City in 1962 on a football scholarship from East St. Louis, Illinois.
0: And and, and Billy, I,
1: I came here in 1989 to marry this guy. So it's been 31 years since I've been following him around.
0: <laughs> and you've been very active. The both of you have been very active in our community. And yeah. so I know that um, Orville, you've served on, or you're currently serving on the community police review board.
2: Yeah, I've been on multiple boards. I mean, I. The uh, Corrections Advisory Board, uh, I was uh, on the Board of Directors of the Alpha City Community School District uh, twice I, I uh, participated, actually three times, and uh, the University of Iowa Athletic Mentoring Board, and uh, Black Voices.
0: Yes, and so I know that we're, we're active on Black Voices together on the Black Voices Project, And then Mrs. Townsend, you are also not letting any dust get under your feet either.
1: (laughs) No, I've been on several boards currently, the University of Iowa Retirement Association, Uh, I chair the president of the Iowa Black Alumni Association, I'm on Planning and Zoning Commission, Black Voices Projects, and the UI Athletic Mentoring Program. And I have been on several other uh, boards, uh, Human Rights Commission, uh, Riverside Theater Board, um, when I was at the University, African American Council, and Staff Council. So yeah, we stay busy.
0: Well, I appreciate all that you've done within our community, and because you have made a difference. Um, There's many people that I've talked to that knows the Townsends, and they know you from your board work and the things that you've done. So thanks for all you're doing there. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> so this is something that, you know, George Floyd death has caused our entire nation to pause and look at what Black Lives Matter mean, some of the challenges that we've faced as black uh, people of color within the United States of America. I've had several conversations with you all relating to Black Lives Matter and just um, the way that our country has treated Black folks, you know, up until now. So maybe wanted to just talk about a little bit. We know that there's been protesters out there, and the and want to get your reaction to some of that. Well,
2: you know, personally, I feel that it's just a, a reaction of. Uh, Anger and and frustration erupting. It's like a volcano. You know, it's been simmering a long time, and uh, you just had one event that set it off. And, uh, you know, it's a frightening combination. But I think we got to realize it's there. And I think we need to respect how each individual expresses their feelings about what's going on. And I kind of
1: and personally, I think you know the the freedom writers have done a great job in getting their points across. Um, it's something about this period, this time, that is different because before you could tell people what you were going through, and of course, usually they would think, "Oh, you're over exaggerating, or you're you're not real, you didn't really hear it that way, or you didn't see that." But when you can actually physically see what's going on and how black folks have been treated, um, it's, it, it opens your eyes to a whole different world. So the Freedom Riders are asking for things that we've been asking for for years, and now they're being looked at differently, I think, because of, of the times and because of what people are actually seeing, and they're seeing that there really is, is something going on.
0: Mr. Townsend, you just mentioned everybody's responding in their own way. um It's kind of a crisis is how I see it, and people are expressing themselves in ways um they're angered they're you know they're expressing their, they're expressing their frustrations in various ways. One of the things that I've been saying is when we have a flood or we have a tornado, we kind of know. The recipe of the effects of that, we'll see those. We we kind of know how it's going to be expressed. It's going to the flood is going to block up a street or is going to go into a basement. Uh, the the tornado is going to knock down a tree or knock out a window or take a, a house away. But when we're talking about this race, you know the 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 protesters and the the anger of actually seeing George Floyd. See, we saw that. We saw, that. we saw that and so that was the emotions were unpredictable and I think what a lot of people don't understand is that's a crisis that people are you know experiencing and how they're expressing it is unpredictable and so I, I don't know that um, we can treat this the same as we've treated other things within our community by a textbook I think it really is an expression that is unpredictable and we need to be a little cautious that um, we get people through the the crises moment that those unpredictable feelings Mm -hmm. and to another level where the conversations could be had.
2: A lot of it has to do with how we look at things how we feel like you know you talked about the tornado, and we talked about shelter, and let's, let's take a hypothetical situation and say that, you know, that tornado basically uh, destroys uh, one of the people who I don't agree with, destroys their home, but I still have mine. Even though I don't agree with this person, I'm going to open my door and welcome this person into my shelter. I'm not going to leave them out there alone just because we don't agree. I mean, disagreement is, is healthy in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, it's, it's, but I think personally, I choose to respect other people and their views and at the same time request that they respect me and my views. But we work, you know, try to work together. Even though it's differently, that we keep working and try to come out with an outcome that's going to be a winning solution.
0: You're on the CPRB um, and I know that one of the challenges with the CPRB that I've heard from you and other members has been some of the, uh, uh, some of the authority that you all have. Can you talk a little bit about the CPRB <laughs> and CPRB means community. Um, police review board.
2: Well, you know, the way it's set up now is like uh, the it's just a formality, a procedure. Uh, if a citizen complains and feels that their rights have been violated and they lodge a complaint against the police department, then you know, we look at the information and we uh, come to a conclusion of how we feel about the situation, and then we write up a report and that report goes to the city council, and then we're through. We don't hear anything about, you know, what was done, what happened. So, you know, it's it's right now, the police community board, we're just a a group of people that go through a process, but, uh, you know, there's no power. And I think it's great that we do have a system that allows citizens input But I would like for that input to be, have some meaning to guarantee that the citizen is going to be treated fairly.
0: One of the things that council has kind of uh, adopted within the 17 resolutions is that freedom for the CPRB to seek counsel to figure out more opportunities that you may have under the current system. As well as began to advocate for new things through legislative process, uh, which council uh, will also be looking at. So, the CPRB, I think, right now you have the opportunity to look at some of the things that you mentioned that is like um, holding you back from doing some of the things that you want to do. So that's a great opportunity, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and I think we're lucky. I mean, we've got a we've got an excellent police you know, force. Uh, and you know, a lot of the cases that come before us, it's it's just something that training recommended training can correct. But at the same time, you know, I've been in our city for quite a while. And I'll tell you, when my when my kids were at home and they were driving, I spent a fortune on our car, um, you know, just keeping it so that the tail light was working because I didn't want my kid to have to deal with a racist policeman. And we and we had some. I mean, I've had positive situations multiple times where the officer violated my right because he had the power. But, you know, we're at a different place now and you know, we had a police chief that was superb and he's gone. We lost him. So you we're know, on a search now and I'm hoping that we can get a a police chief that's going to step in and you know take us where we need to be.
0: Well I appreciate your input on our uh, current police force, our past police chief. I share the same uh, remarks when it comes down especially to the chief of police previous. Uh, I felt that he really was trying to listen to our community, black uh, people of color specifically and he was working on that. And, and in our entire police force I think there's opportunities for more training um, on a large level but, I, but I, would, I would have to agree that we do have a good police force. There are some things that we're going to look at to ensure that we have an excellent police force here in our community.
2: And again you know the, the, the last uh, police chief he created a program so if a citizen got stopped for He even worked with the mechanics and fixed it so that, you know, they could basically, you know, get the light fixed at a reasonable price. So he was really working, you know, thinking about the citizens.
0: Yes, and there's definitely some things that our police force has put in place to kind of decrease some of those contacts that have caused some challenges in the past, fixing a light, a busted out light. You know, those are some things that I think we can build upon um, because we've started that, which is great.
2: I think the good thing about it is being an old time and having been in our City as long as I have, that to me was a big step because when I was coming along earlier, that, that, that uh, tail light on my car, we had some police that, you know, policemen that would have used that as a reason to harass. The, the, the black citizens so you know the police chief is, is a leader and that's a good example it's the epitome of you know the, the power of the position and the attitude that goes with it.
0: We have people in our community that are giving their personal stories and I think that is important for the police department to hear those personal stories um, because it really can bring um, just hearing what people of color have experienced through our police department, I really believe that that should be a part of the curriculum as well. I do want to switch to Mrs. Townsend um, because I know that you, you're you very active, um, especially when it comes down to you're the president of the, Iowa, um,
1: Black yeah, the
0: Iowa Black Alumni Association and you've also been involved with other committees as you've mentioned at the University of Iowa. In regards to diversity, can you talk a little bit about that from your vantage point?
1: Because of all the things that have been going on on campus, we did pen a letter to President Carroll and I won't go into detail about it because he hasn't responded as yet, but we asked for several things from him including a a Zoom meeting to talk about the things that we don't feel are being addressed on campus. a few of those, of course, uh, we know about the athletes and their uh, uh, responses to the way they've been treated and um, re- recruitment and retention on campus um, with, with people of color. Um, so we're trying to at least have a voice on campus uh, so that they know that there are people that have been there and that have been students there that are interested in what's going on.
0: Right now is the opportunity for people of color specifically to reach out and to share some of the experiences or even some of the direct ask of what would be beneficial in order to get us to a different place to overcome diversity or to 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 ensure that we have diversity and equity in all of the programs that we have. And so I know that you're very involved um, you know in our community and so what would you say to individuals out there that are people of color as far as like allowing their voices to be heard?
1: For people of color I think we just need to speak up. Um, The problem especially with students is they come into this area and they may not be accustomed to Iowa City so they think that the things they're going through it's, it's just unusual that nobody else is going through it and nobody else has has walked in their shoes. And for us as members that have been students and teaching and and staff at the university and members of this community, we need to let them know that they're not by themselves and we're just here to try to make it better. Um, But as students, it's difficult for them to come into this, this, this area and, uh, try to change things. So if we aren't there as their voice, if we aren't there to fight for them, then things will never change. And I think that's something that's that's happening now is things are we're at a point now where we can make things happen.
0: Yes. Both of you have kind of somewhat mentioned changes that we've seen a little bit throughout our community, but we know that there's a lot more work to do, right? We're not going to let people off the hook. As far as the work that still needs to be done, but I do believe that it it is um, it can do great value to point out some of the progresses that has been made by you know the Black uh, Student Alumni um, by Black Voices Project, um, even by the CPRB. Even though there has been you know some, we haven't accomplished everything that we want. Mm-hmm. But there has been some accomplishments that's been made.
2: You know, Bruce, I think we're at a point where, you know, we just can't do business as usual. I think we're at a point where each individual has got to step up and take, you know, show that they are seriously taking some form of ownership in this community. When I I decided not to move to California, you know, after I graduated from college and to stay here, you know, our city became my home. So anything you come in this city and you do, you are either respecting or you're disrespecting my city. And I'm willing to stand up and take some ownership. And I think we're to a point where ownership is going to be a necessity.
1: Also, Bruce, let's give credit for credit's due. We have you as our mayor, of course, as an African-American. Our miracle, Tim, is also black. Um, we've come a long way. We've got representation on most of the councils. I'm on Planning and Zoning Commission, my husband on Police Review Board. We've both been on Human Rights Commission. But we're just two people. We need other people to step up, other black folks to step up and take part in these commissions and and a part of the governing system of the Iowa City
0: community. There are opportunities where at least with city government there is boards and commissions that people can apply for and I would encourage anybody out there that really wants to know more about Iowa City and how they can get plugged into some of the things that we're doing to reach out. Reach out yeah. to the uh, the Townsends because I know you all have been around a while and while, a while you're willing to talk to people reach out to me reach out to city staff so that we can kind of educate on opportunities.
2: And why you reaching out I mean you know just because you know I'm political and I'm willing to lay, lay back and and you know take the slow route like I said earlier if somebody comes and they want to take the fast route and they want to do it differently then I, you know my thing is. If I see that person getting ready to, you know, uh, exhibit an action that I feel is not appropriate or not right, I'll share with that person that, hey, I don't think that's right. I wouldn't do that. But at the same time, if that person chooses to proceed, if they get bruised a little bit, I'm going to be there to pick them up because this is is my city. You know, I, I, I need to be there. I, you know, and I need to work with people. I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. We have to do it together.
1: But the thing we can't forget, we can't, we can't do it ourselves by ourselves. This is a white community. And until the majority of people speak up and speak out, it's not going to change. It's not going to change quickly. But the responsibility that has to be taken is that after they see what's going on and they see how things are happening, they too have to speak out and speak up. So we can't let that be our, this isn't our problem, this is everybody's problem.
0: It is everybody's problem, um, as far, and it's everybody's responsibility. Exactly. It, it really is everybody's responsibility um, and, and on an individual basis because we can create the greatest policies. In the world, but individually, people must understand what Black Lives Matter mean. They must understand what systemic racism mean, and how mm-hmm. to not contribute and to end it. And so that's that's one of the things that I think um, is most vital is that is individual change that really needs to be made as well.
2: And I don't think we should be afraid to, you know say and share, if it comes to that to just say i can't breathe you know it, it this is a time for action yes it's important that we all be involved in our way and give whatever little bit that we have but together we can be so mighty.
0: yes 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 and with that i wanted to know if there's any closing words that you would like to share with us I'm so appreciative for your time today just to talk to you uh, as I always have been.
1: For me I've been listening to Jane Elliott the the Iowa woman who talks about every white person being racist and every white person being privileged and that until you realize that you don't understand how I walk in my shoes as a black person. So it's different. The lives we lead are very different. And uh, the steps we take are very different. So I think that we should all listen to her and see what she has to say and see if we really buy into what she's preaching. Um, I personally love to listen to her because it gives me a different um, reality of how things are in the other world.
2: Hey, and I'll just say, you know, today things may be a little little foggy and we, we were trying to work and make things happen. But the old saying tomorrow, tomorrow can be a better day. And if you really believe that, then you shouldn't mind getting involved and doing everything you can to bring about the changes that will assure that tomorrow
0: will be a better day. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. Thank you both so much, and I hope you have an awesome and amazing day.
1: Thank All you. Right, thank you. And thank you're doing a great job, Bruce. Stay I appreciate
0: well. that. I appreciate that. You too. Take care. That's our episode. If you'd like to follow along with our progress on the Black Lives Matter movement, you can visit icgov.org/blm. We'll be back again with another episode of Community Connection and I hope you'll join us. Until then, remember, we're all in this together.